Hey Paradise people, I'm Bella Rooney and welcome back to another episode of Protecting Paradise. Today is a super interesting episode on a topic that I really know nothing about. Green finance and the role that financial institutions play in the climate crisis. I got to have a lovely chat with Sangeeta Laudis, a senior advisor international relations in strategic communications and engagement for the Cayman Islands government office in the UK. What a tongue twister. <laughs> We chatted about her passions for sustainability and climate change initiatives, her background career, and she broke down for me exactly what green finance is and the role financial institutions play in the climate crisis. So without further ado, let's let Sangeeta speak for herself. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming. It's a pleasure, and it's been a pleasure to get to know you whilst I've been here. And yeah, now I'm looking forward to talking to you today. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, I've looked over some of your, you know, prior experiences, and I have to say I don't understand any of it. <laughs> and I'm quite in the deep end when it comes to things like green finance and the role of financial institutions and how they can combat climate change. So let's kind of before we dive into that. Can you just give us a little background and how did you get here and your passion for climate change? How did that how did that bring you to the place you're in now? So um, my big part of my career until I got into this space was as a debt capital markets lawyer, uh, qualifying as a, a lawyer in London and working with um, big companies raising finance. And I did that for close to 20 years, both at law firms and investment banks. Um, I also had a business which I set up with my now ex-husband, which was an accessory business, a fashion label. And I did all the marketing and PR for that, mm -hmm. which is how I learned and started to have a passion for this area of work. We got divorced. <laughs> he took the business. And I thought to myself, oh, I don't think I can give up the marketing side. I really enjoy it because I'm a creative at heart. And... Um, the idea of going back to just reviewing contracts just, just didn't feel like it was going to keep me, you know, happy. So I stopped practicing law back in 2015, I think, and moved across to do marketing for law firms. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it was at that time when I was doing the marketing, I was horizon scouting for our clients to see what was of interest to clients and green finance was just starting then so green bonds essentially mm. which are ways of so raising money on the capital markets issuing a bond and using that for green purposes so uh, renewables um, mm. solar you know mm. and uh, at, at that stage you know it was very very new it was a very new area um, this is as I said sort of around 2016 2017 but one of the things I, I was saying to the firm I was working at is that you're doing a lot of this different kind of financing in the green space you need to bring it all together so I led on that bringing it consolidating their offering so their clients had like a one-stop shop so they said okay you know if I need advice on my merger and acquisition if I need finance advice or litigation you know we were trying to present it under the green umbrella so that's oh. how I got into it okay um, and as I was doing that work I learned about the work the city of London were doing in relation to green finance I know you want me to maybe explain a bit more <laughs> what, is green, what is green finance yeah. um, but, but and I, I can yeah, I will yeah. do um, but yeah so essentially I then learned about the work being done at the city of London which then led me to my role supporting the City of London in its COP26 engagement. Mm -hmm. uh, COP26 got um, uh, postponed because of COVID. And so we had, uh, I think it was around another year, 
and a bit to keep momentum going. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I led on this um, whole engagement um, campaign to make sure people were focusing. And that's very much about finance. So mm-hmm. I, there's so many different things that need to be done around climate change. But when we think about it, you need the money in order to implement the projects. Mm-hmm. So that's where the sort of a whole finance piece comes in and mm-hmm. we, we can talk about what that means. But so I led on that campaign, marketing campaign, really trying to drive the momentum, putting the spotlight on the sort of challenges, issues, initiatives. Um, and yeah, and then that led me to the role I'm doing now, which is as a consultant. Mm-hmm. So I've gone freelance. I've I worked with different companies, different um, entities, and one of my uh, clients is yeah the Cayman Islands um, UK office so the government's UK office and it's been fantastic okay okay so there's a lot there <laughs> sorry lot there. <laughs> no but it's so interesting um, because so many people don't realize that they can make an impact to you know our environmental issues like to me I always thought I have to be a scientist or I have to be you know an, an environmental activist but people who maybe are more you know like-minded to you with finance and marketing mm-hmm. they can make a big difference and I and I think that's really interesting so let's let's kind of go into green finance mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know break it down for me because I have no idea I mean it is just finance okay. I mean and uh, and the words green and ESG and transition bonds and blue bonds I mean there are so many different bits of jargon out there but essentially what it comes down to is so I mean companies um, projects all need financing and so green finance essentially is finance that is being used towards green purposes. Mm-hmm. So, um, and one of the ways they were trying to ensure that companies did that with the bonds is that there was a risk. So if you say I'm raising some money, I'm borrowing money or I'm issuing a bond in the markets, you are you have to make sure that you're actually using that money for the green purposes. So it's mm-hmm. not like saying, I want to issue a green bond and then you go off and do something that's not green with it. Mm-hmm. So there is there is some restrictions on what you can use your money for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think essentially what's been happening a lot in the last couple of years is trying to make sure more and more companies are, um, one, you know, well, they're borrowing money for those green purposes, but then on the investment side, it's looking at companies, how are they investing? Mm-hmm. And so that's where the ESG label comes in. And are you investing your money in environmental, social, governance areas? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, all it is is really just trying to look at what people are raising that money for and ensuring it's going towards initiatives and areas that are going to help with the climate change, you mm-hmm. know, crisis that we 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 sort of all facing, yeah. But I mean, I think as you say, it, it, it there is this is why I've loved about this sort of not loved. I mean, it's a horrible, it's it's, it's very frightening. Mm-hmm. We're all you know got this existential crisis mm-hmm. there. But what I find one of the positives is that we're all coming together. Mm-hmm. And I was you know working with finance companies all my life, but then all of a sudden it's like oh, all these bankers are now talking about conservation and biodiversity, <laughs> and it's wonderful because. It used to be just about, you know, um, mm-hmm. balance sheets and profit loss, mm-hmm. but now it's like nature and nature-based solutions. That's cool. Which is something <laughs> I've always been interested in mm-hmm. myself to see it come together is wonderful. That's so cool. So green purposes would be like renewable energies yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. anything. I mean, wind farms or um, you know ways that a, a business is going to become more sustainable. So because okay. all businesses or you know we all need. You know, we need to have money in order to do these things. So it's just finding ways for that money to be um, utilised in that way. And even like with mortgages, I think I, I, I heard, um, I was at the National Trust Conference and they were talking about, I think, 
on the second day about here about sort of green mortgages coming in so mm-hmm. people then getting you know le- having money being lent to them but also then it being written in that they have to be implementing some sustainability into their build or oh their, so that's what that would be that's how we kind of that's how you can make sure people are mm-hmm. moving in the right direction oh that's so interesting no i can't i never even i don't I don't think about these things, but I mean, I really should, I guess, as I'm getting older, it's something that people don't, because it's, it's new, I guess, mm. right? And it's, I don't know, in Cayman, I know we have panels, that solar panels, mm-hmm. and so I think that's really cool. Okay, so you worked in the run-up to COP26 mm-hmm. in several capacities, one of which was UNFCC High Level Climate Champions Finance Team, yeah. which I'm not sure what that is, but to support the strategic comms and the lead-up. Um, so who exactly are they? And what was the gravity of this event for, for that? Yeah, so the UNFCCCCCC um, Climate Champions, so Nigel Topping, mm-hmm. so that obviously the UK together with Italy were um, host nations for COP26, mm-hmm. and Nigel Topping was the UK-nominated high, high, um, climate champion. Um, and so he, his team, um, they've got a big campaign raised to net zero, and there were different... Um, areas so one being finance and so essentially I was at the city of London they seconded me over and it was just to support the team that was looking at the finance piece of it for COP26 um, as it says on that it was just really giving them some support on the strategic comms mm-hmm. helping them write writing developing some of the planning they had a whole series of events at COP26 in Glasgow mm-hmm. and I was just sort of behind the scenes um, supporting that team and it was as you say I mean it was one of those I mean, the last couple of years, I've had lots of pinch-me moments in my career, mm-hmm. um, t- liaising with such senior people. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone like Nigel Topping and his team. And, I mean, when the work I was doing in the City of London with Mark Carney, who was the ex-Bank mm-hmm. of England governor. I mean, even here, I've had mo- real pinch-me moments in Cayman with mm-hmm. some of the work I'm doing. So, yeah, it's it has been pretty a pretty amazing kind of last few years professionally. And... I don't take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I feel really blessed mm-hmm. to be able to work in amazingly sort of impactful areas with people who are trying to make a difference. Yeah, and so, you know, the outcomes of COP26, obviously there were tons of promises made, which are very exciting, but we've had promises in the past, and yeah. I'm not going to get into that, but um, yeah. what what were some of the promises in your field that, you know, would impact Kiman if you could, if you can think of any... <sighs> I mean, I think, I mean, you probably saw uh, Mia Mockley's sort of speech and the fact mm-hmm. that, and I think there was a big focus, especially in the last few months in the run-up, I know with the high-level climate champs as well, on on develops for small island states. And I mm-hmm. think that's where there'll be a real impact because I think, you know, that there's such a, a lot that has to be done and a lot of the focus has been on big countries, I mm-hmm. suppose, you know, India and China mm-hmm. and what they need to do. And, and I guess, you know, again, it, it's, it must it's beyond frustrating in a way when you are from an island and you're thinking, well, what I've done in my island is not the reason we're in the situation. Mm-hmm, so it's exactly. a really... But you're facing all of the consequences. consequences. And it's a really difficult space to be mm-hmm. in. And I can understand the challenges and frustrations because you think, well, we'll do everything. We'll, we'll be 100% sustainable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. But I think where it... what's I suppose what was positive about it is it puts that issue on the radar of the global mm-hmm. stage and it's a getting the help and the support globally mm-hmm. to try and to make sure that you know knowledge is shared and and the funding or the support that's needed mm-hmm. is given to the, the the islands and the developing nations as well that need the support mm-hmm. 
No, completely. Because I know we, I know um, we had a talk on nature markets and how those could be implemented here. Um, I don't know if you want to just give a little rundown on nature markets, so people don't, so people know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So as you're referring to last week's uh, engagements yes. by Ralph uh, Sharma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. What exactly? It was an amazing talk. So what exactly yeah. was that? Yeah, and I mean, honestly, um, when I first... So I first came across the work of Ralph and the team when I was back at the City of London. Um, I did this thing called a Lifestyle Magazine style, magazine Shows where I was <laughs> creating these episodes. And I was trying to pull together... It was sort of 90 minutes of content. And the work that Ralph um, and his co-founders of Rebalance Earth were doing mm-hmm. came across my radar and I was just like wow this is amazing because I'm a conservationist as a mm-hmm. heart I hate seeing things like pictures of elephants mm. being you know that trophy pictures and it just it's so mm. upsetting um and here here they come along with this idea that you know elephants um, are performing in a service mm-hmm. that they're sequestering carbon and the ecosystems beyond just the carbon but the their impact on biodiversity mm-hmm. And what you know, and the paradigm that Ralph has um, created, which Rebalance Earth, um, have, you know, kind of incorporated into their thinking, is that you can put a value on that. Mm-hmm. So an, an elephant that's alive um, is worth—I can't remember the number. He was basically about three million, or you know, mm-hmm. it's a big number. So one elephant, the value is of that number. Now then, isn't that so? Somebody who's about to kill an elephant, they know that keeping that elephant alive is going to be much more profitable. And I would want everyone to do it because they love. <laughs> elephants and because they know they're beautiful and all of that but i guess if you're real if we're in you know in the real world mm-hmm. sometimes it is just money that you know makes people stop and make that difference mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. all of a sudden if people are thinking well actually it's more profitable to keep that elephant alive and it gave me goosebumps when i heard about the concepts i was thinking oh wow mm-hmm. it'll actually now keep these wonderful creatures alive right mm-hmm. no that was so inspiring and I guess that was inspiring to me to hear and for anybody listening right now I will find a way for you to read that (laughs) if you're not just listening to us talk about it um but it was inspiring and and hearing what you have said about um you know the global scale of people now thinking about it you know because it isn't our fault that we're having Mm -hmm. hurricanes increase we are definitely doing our best and I know we're working towards sustainability in terms of renewables and everything Mm -hmm. um so that's very inspiring so let's just shift gears here a little tiny bit we'll talk instead of elephants we're gonna talk about some blue iguanas (laughs) absolutely (laughs) because you recently uh is it sponsored or did Mm -hmm. yeah you sponsored blue iguana and is it's a it's a he it's a he and his name is achilles yeah and i think that's amazing so tell us a little bit about that yeah and it's a little bit of a sad story in the sense that um i suffered a personal tragedy just a couple of months ago um and the the person who had passed away really suddenly had been um, you know been very sort of involved in my work and had been looking at some of the there's some videos and blue iguanas were featuring very prominently and so we'd been talking about his blue iguanas and I remember you know he was oh one day I hope to see a blue iguana etc etc mm-hmm. and so it just um, well I'm, as I said a conservationist I'm very much uh, you know that's kind of like my passion um, you know anim you know animals essentially and. Um, I also felt really connected to these blue iguanas. So loving the work that's been done there at the you know blue iguana conservation facility by Luke and the mm-hmm. others. And um, someone gave me the idea and said, why don't you, as, to, as a way of healing through this personal sort of tragedy, why don't you um, sponsor an iguana and celebrate? So, mm-hmm. so what I did is you know, I want to sponsor this iguana, giving back a little bit to the facility financially, but at the same time, um, it was very healing. I mean, you were there when I mm-hmm. um, saw the plaque, plaque plaque being unveiled. 
and it was just such a beautiful moment because actually when you lose someone and I've never had to experience anything like this um, it's slightly different when it's grandparents but when it's a young person who's very close to you uh, when I saw that iguana just sort of running around in this little um, home <laughs> it gave me a sense of peace mm-hmm. um, so yeah I'm going to have to keep coming out to the Cayman <laughs> to <laughs> check, in just on check in on the iguana yeah. oh I love that yeah. and I mean our blues are so important and I'm sure they you know appreciate anything that they can get and he's a little piece of you here now <laughs> when you yeah. go back and keep helping us yeah. so I guess I guess in terms of helping us um you are a consultant for mm-hmm. the uh Cayman UK office mm-hmm. right so what exactly is that what do you do for the UK office in terms of res- uh, climate resilience and sustainability in terms of finance mm-hmm. and how do you think uh our little nation and like what basically what are you consulting them on like <laughs> like how how we're going to get through this is that kind of it so yeah so it's the obviously it's the Cayman Islands government office and it has like you know multi-functions I mean it's your representative office in the UK mm-hmm. so a lot of um so I work with uh, Dr. Tasha Ebanks mm-hmm. Garcia who's mm-hmm. the representative and she has like a multitude of um different sort of responsibilities and roles but mm-hmm. a lot of that is you know it's the central hub so mm-hmm. if you're if you're there in the UK and in a lot of the students it's a central hub for sort of any issues they may have mm-hmm. and all of those things so a, a big part of the, the, the office's function is, is the kind of consular duties you know mm-hmm. that kind of business mm-hmm. as usual right um, but it's also a, a sort of a platform as a kind of a promotional space to be putting uh, you know Cayman on the map in the UK globally but also what so what I was sort of brought in to sort of support on was yeah just trying to help um, give a fuller more wholesome foot um, a picture of mm-hmm. the Cayman Islands so you know the UK if you were to ask somebody you know what do they know about Cayman Islands mm-hmm. it'll be it's you know I think different degrees of knowledge and so mm-hmm. a big part of the mission is to really trying to educate and so on the relation sustainability so one of the things that we were looking at is you know all the good work that's being done here mm-hmm. like the marine the protected parks the blue iguanas mm-hmm. being saved from extinction and so I'm working with the office there to develop um, you know different engagements and strategies where we can really yeah educate and inspire and put that message out there about so when people then say oh, what do you know about the Cayman Islands in a few years time it'd be wonderful if you were to ask someone and say oh they, they saved the blue iguanas from extinction yeah. you know <laughs> so cool. that's where we want to kind of get to and so yeah it's um but the other part of it I suppose it's twofold my role is that's one bit of it and the other bit is to be sharing knowledge and information so for example Ralph you know Shami mm-hmm. coming that was something that I obviously had on my radar so I made the introductions and facilitated that so mm-hmm. that's another part of my role is trying to share that kind of knowledge to Dr. Tasha and then she can share that with colleagues as mm. well to say well this could be something that's Caroline's needs to know about. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of you know getting our name out there for all these I mean we've had lots of success stories here we're very I mean I love our island and what we've done, managed to do, even though we're undergoing this, you know, the stony coral tissue disease threat and everything, we're still mitigating it. And it's just, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so by giving us more global, I guess, reach, name reach, mm-hmm. um, is that going to benefit us in in financial ways, obviously in terms of tourism, I, I would think, but in terms of what, what environmental benefits is that going to reap us, kind of, is my question. I mean, I think... 
I mean, as you say, some of it, it's the, the goal is, I mean, my sort of specific goal is not, you know, increasing tourism or, mm-hmm. or but it is just to, to create a more, um, as I said, a, a fuller picture of, mm-hmm. um, and a more sort of, I think just so that people, when they know of the islands, they have a, a better understanding. And then I think also helping to showcase some of the amazing work that's being done here so that you are seen as a thought leader and mm-hmm. so that you can share your knowledge with others mm-hmm. and to be known as the, as that because you know you, there's such I mean as I didn't I also didn't know that the marine park the protection's been going you know since I think the 80s so it's not like this is mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. and you've been doing all this good work and you of course have these amazing beautiful waters which is a testimony to all the great work that's been done here um so it is really trying to sort of put that out there a bit more and in relation to what does that bring you i guess it it's it's just it's enhancing um i, I suppose just your voice at the table reputation all of those good mm-hmm. things but okay. um i think just sometimes it's not to be the unsung you know it's nice not if you're doing great work i think you should be you know people should know about it so no. i guess that's really i agree yeah fully okay well all of that's super interesting i guess is it has this been your first trip to cayman or your second or your third so it's my second trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I came in the back end of 2019. Um, I, I've always wanted to come to the Cayman Islands. <laughs> it's been a dream. I've always loved the Caribbean. I got married um, to the ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Um, we got married in Jamaica. So I've always had a love. All my holidays have always been the Caribbean. And when I was um, just a newly qualified lawyer, I had this dream of you know, becoming, coming across and mm-hmm. I looked into getting, becoming a lawyer here and working here. <laughs> ex-husband didn't want to do it so I didn't look for a job here and then you know how many years later I thought right I'm going to do it now um and I did I did actually look to relocating here but this was just before the pandemic and so my relocation was very short-lived mm-hmm. but what it did do is I I just started to build a network learned so much about the Cayman Islands mm-hmm. because of that I became the island it was island innovation is innovation. a not-for-profit mm-hmm. um it's a it's a wonderful kind of global initiative, and I was the the one of the first ambassadors, and I was representing the Cayman Islands mm-hmm. because I was moving to the Cayman Islands. <laughs> um, I then moved back, but even though I moved back to the UK, I continued in that role and supported trying to put Cayman on the map. Mm-hmm. You know, um, facilitating, making sure where there was a panel that there was representation. So, for example, you know, got Minister Ebank speaking at one of the panels. Mm, wow. Um, continuous you know just trying to make sure that the islands were represented because island innovation is global so Mm -hmm. it's trying to build digital bridges and there are so many different islands with lots of different messages and stories and so my i felt my role was to help Mm -hmm. but as you see sometimes i even thought to myself well i'm not living in the island (laughs) and everything i know is just from yeah from people and learning on the you know myself but because of that, I think I have I've learned a lot in the last three years. Last year there were um, three or four ambassadors, and they were, I was so excited they were actually here. <laughs> and again, we've got Island Innovation Ambassadors who are actually here. Mm-hmm. I continue as this honorary ambassador, and I guess just again connected to the, Ca- the Cayman Islands in mm-hmm. that role. Um, and then, of course, I'm now working with the government office mm-hmm. in the UK. So another reason to promote. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we have I'm. I'm sure I'm speaking for lots of people. We're very thankful <laughs> for the work that you do for oh, us and getting all, all you know, the collective environmentalists and conservationists, all their hard work out there. It means a lot because that's, you know, people put their life and soul into mm. it, into saving 
what we have here. And so I'm sure it's very greatly appreciated. And, and you're leaving soon. So what's your biggest, what has been your best, uh, happiest, optimistic in terms of environmental thing you've had coming here and leaving? What do you take wow. happily away with you? Well, I'm, I'm definitely not happy about leaving. I mean, I've, <laughs> um, it's been an incredible, um, a month. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, I've, I've really got to learn even more than I knew. And of course you learn more by being here and seeing things firsthand. Um, I think, and I've just got a more of a sort of more deeper appreciation, I think a little bit more for the culture, the heritage. Mm-hmm. So not just on the environmental side, but just really understanding, yeah. um, the Island, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit better. I mean, it's a fantastic place. I mean, I think you've got the best of everything here in the sense you've got, you know, amazing infrastructure. You've got, it's beautiful. It's Caribbean mm-hmm. charm. I mean, it's just, and people are wonderful. So mm-hmm. I've, I bumped into somebody earlier, actually, uh, I was just, who I don't actually know them, but I just bumped into them um, in the bathroom at a lunch who, who sort of knew me from LinkedIn and and just said to me, I feel exhausted um, looking at your LinkedIn. You've done like some sort of whirlwind tour of the country. Yeah, you have. And I didn't really understand that. And I was thinking, have I really? What does that mean that they're exhausted <laughs> looking at my LinkedIn? But I, I just passionate about what I do. And it's like there's so many interesting and I think it's similar to I suppose what you do Mm -hmm. you know it's just I love sharing interesting so on my LinkedIn I'm constantly sharing interesting things that I'm coming across my radar Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of did that before I had this role anyway Um, I've got my own blog so I like doing that it's not something it's not you just sort of you're passionate about putting that out there so it Mm -hmm. doesn't for me feel exhausting Mm -hmm. but I was quite surprised when this lady said she felt exhausted looking at my post and how you fitted it all in. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you so much for coming. And we can't wait to have you back again, I'm sure. Everybody, when do you have a plan to come back? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, good. Okay, absolutely. Good. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I mean, as I said, I think just the work that you're doing and people on the ground as well. And I think that's the thing that's really, you know, as I said, I've been talking to people who you're you're the stakeholders, you're engaged. This is your, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's the thing that people globally need to understand as well that you know this is a a real problem for Mm -hmm. people who this is your living some of the sort of issues but I I think the sort of takeaway message is that you know the world is you know everybody is focused on this this is the Mm -hmm. the thing that corporates everyone's talking about and it but but it's also about collaboration and I think also not to feel daunted by it or to I really feel like you know we need to have a positive kind of take on it because sometimes people are very sort of this hasn't happened that hasn't happened and and to be kind of I suppose just kinder generally and and and, and realize that people are trying to do that it's a big ship that has to be moved mm-hmm. and it's, it's almost like that cannot be turned overnight although mm-hmm. of course you want things to happen mm-hmm. just being but I think what everyone can do you know as I said, the grassroots level and then at policy level I feel like it's about working you know people working together Mm -hmm. but with a I I hope with an optimistic hopeful Mm -hmm. stance rather than because we need to be otherwise we'll just be everyone will just give up they'll be Mm -hmm. like what can we do so (laughs) no definitely optimism of conservation type optimism climate optimism it's hard to do but it's important to do otherwise you will just find yourself sleeping all day so well thank you so much for speaking with me today and I can I add a link to your blog and your um, LinkedIn and all the bits I'll add all those bits in the show notes for today's episode so people can check you out so thank you so much thank you and it's a pleasure and keep up your wonderful work (laughs) thank you all right see you thank you bye
thank you, thank you again, Sangeeta, for sitting down to chat with me about the amazing work you do and all you have done in this fight against climate change. I couldn't think of a better island innovation ambassador and your passion is truly inspiring. I hope more chats with you are in the future, but until then, you guys have to make sure you check out her amazing storytelling in Rewired Earth, how impact data creates hope. I'll put that in the show notes of today's episode. You guys also have to follow her on her blog, The White Diaries, and her Instagram, at White Diaries Blog. Until next time, you can follow us on Instagram at protectingparadiseky or email us at protectingparadiseky at gmail.com. And remember, you can't care if you don't know. So toodles! Script by Bella Rooney. Music and sound by James Brake.